0: we're looking at forming communities. Um, Before I speak, can you all just stand back up again, please? Just wanna pray for us. Lord, I thank you that you're already saying something to us this morning. Uh, And Father, I thank you that what you've started saying uh, this morning is stuff that you were already speaking to me about, uh, and I thank you that you are very deliberate in the way that you say and do things, that you're not a haphazard God. And Lord, we open our hearts and our minds to you now. Yes. Lord, we want to see you. We want to see you more in our own lives and through our lives to touch other people's lives. We're captivated by you, Jesus. Yes. Spirit of God, would you do something so deep in us this morning as a family of God, as your family? Lord, have your way. Yes. Spirit fill us in a fresh way today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Please take your seat. I don't know if you've ever had any close shaves. I've had a number of close shaves in my life. I nearly got killed in an avalanche once. I got stuck on the top of a mountain for a number of hours uh, on a needlepoint ridge. Uh, I got battered around the head with a baseball bat and all over my body as well. Um, I've gone under, nearly gone under a lorry a couple of times in the car when he'd been falling asleep at night nighttime. Um, and all sorts of stuff like that have happened again and again through my life. Um, only one avalanche and only one top thing, but uh, other things and the baseball bat was once, but that was enough. Uh, getting battered around the head with a baseball bat was uh, a one-off occasion and enough. I don't want to repeat that one again. It would teach me to stand in the way of the pitcher. No, it wouldn't. Um, But this week, uh, as I was working at Nettle Hill, I was was cutting some some laurel trees with this fairly significantly powered uh, hedge trimmer. And I had this horrific little moment as I looked into the hedge I was cutting, and there's this little nest. And inside the nest were four little birds. And I missed them by this much. Took out a close shave, and they've not got much hair on them anyway, so they don't need a shave in the first place. But I gave them a very close shave, and I managed to take this little uh, nest and and move it. I'm hoping that that hasn't then stopped the mother bird from thinking, Well, it's got somebody else's grubby handprints on. Uh, They're not my little chicks anymore. So when I'm back there tomorrow, I'm going to check out to see if these little Baby chicks are alive. I really hope they are. They were very cute. And as I got closer to them again to look, all of them are shot bolt upright with their little mouths wide open thinking I was the mother blackbird. So <laughs> I've been mistaken as many things in my life and called many things, but mother blackbird has never been one of those things until Friday afternoon. <coughs> Excuse me. Let me just show you this picture. Anybody have any idea What on earth that is. And it's not my favourite sequin dress either. This, believe it or not, is a butterfly wing. But you didn't, did you? I got there first. (laughs) This is a butterfly wing up close. And butterfly wings are so fragile they're one cell thick and they're actually translucent but each one of these little things that you can see the little scales have their own pigmentation in and so when it reflects light it shows all of these incredible colors and you look around the world all these different butterflies don't know if you've ever been to the butterfly farm is it Burton upon Trent or somewhere where you can go in and there's all these butterflies that land on you um, but they're just so fragile yeah. these incredible and incredibly beautiful uh, things, but just so fragile. Uh, and if you touch them, it can damage the wings, and they'll never fly again. Um, it can it can wear off the colour. That doesn't that doesn't damage them, but if you handle them, it can it can rip the wings. And those little colours they can wear off over time and reveal uh, the translucent uh, wings as well. Butterflies have four wings. I always thought they just had two, but there's, there's, they have four wings. Um, And I mentioned this a few months ago, but there's a guy, um, Edward Lorenz, who discovered, uh, he called it the butterfly wing effect of the chaos theory. That ultimately, the flapping of this fragile wing could trigger off a a tornado or something in another country. That's insane, isn't it? That something that we're all, it's all so interconnected. that That something so fragile could trigger off something so massive elsewhere so let's just I could do with three readers if please if you want to come out and join me here Uh, we're going to turn to some scripture or you can just watch it look it up on here so this is gonna be acts 1 verse 1 to 8 would anybody like to come out and read that Ian thank you there's three lots of scriptures so if you read one two other people yeah and then but whatever it doesn't matter which version you can acts 1 verse 1 to 8 i'll click uh and then there's another one acts 2 verse 1 to 4 and then acts 2 42 to 47 so i need two other volunteers are you going to read one more brilliant thank you
1: in my former book theophilus
0: So this is Acts chapter two, verses one to four. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven, a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Fantastic, thank you. Nathan? <coughs> I <what> mine was. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, so there. 242 to 47. Uh, to, 242. That one, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to breaking of the bread, and to prayer.
0: Fantastic, thank you. There was a promise of the Spirit of God. And then at Pentecost there was this incredible fulfilment of the Spirit of God coming, filling these people, and then we see later on in Acts two what some of the early communities looked like. Um this new set of believers filled with the power of God. And went out creating new communities that just got added to again and again and again Uh, it's just simply phenomenal to see what happened when the spirit of god came let me just read um, a little bit of a a study that was done by some climate psychologists uh, in london Um, and it said the largest ever, it was the a recent study out of London said to be the largest ever to focus on climate anxiety among young, young people, found that people aged 16 to 25 are experiencing profound psychological distress related to climate change, and that three quarters of them feel that the future is frightening. But increasingly, in a lot of our society, there is an anxiety. Uh, triggered off by many different things, about different reasons. And often, with the climate stuff, it can be because of what's going to happen in the future. But it just feels so overwhelming for so many people. And this sense of being overwhelmed can create a sense of anxiety deep in all of us that causes, them to, causes us to just step back. It causes, instead of pushing in, can cause us to become almost apathetic and to just stop. And we can get overwhelmed by the scale of some of the things that lay before us. Being overwhelmed can give us this sense uh, of a lack of purpose in life. It can create fear inside of us. Sometimes we can get overwhelmed because we set our goals too big. (laughs) We've got something inside of us that, that wants more than where we're at. But then sometimes we, we set these, I don't know about you, but sometimes I can do this in myself, can set goals that are way too big for the, what I can actually achieve. And so it becomes overwhelming and so you can become demotivated. And we can end up procrastinating. Sometimes when we feel overwhelmed by something, uh, it can be, we can just get too comfortable and we can just sit back and do nothing. Right now, In the church globally, one of the things that um, we need to do is to turn any sort of anxiety into action. Yes, in the commission, God has given us an incredible thing to do. It started off with just 12 initial close followers and then a wider band than that that has achieved and triggered off all of this. If a butterfly wing can trigger off a tornado elsewhere something of the power of God the Spirit of God living inside every single one of us is capable of doing incredible life-changing society transforming actions through our lives and at least one person in this room (laughs) too believes that I hope by the end of me yabbering that more people will believe that and there'll be an, there will be transformation yes. in our lives and through our lives because that's what we've been called to yes, that's what every single one of us in this room yes. has been called to yeah. and I don't want you to feel overwhelmed by that because the, the initial disciples were more ragtag than us a lot Definitely. that's saying something They weren't particularly gifted people they were very normal just like you and i but man when the spirit of god came something incredible happened we've been given a task but we've been given the power and authority to do it that's incredible that's that can help us if we believe this not to become overwhelmed by this incredible thing that god has given us to do Let's just, can we flick through a few scriptures together? Isaiah 61, something that many of us will know quite well. Just going to read the first three uh, verses of chapter 61. Isaiah 61, verse 1. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Spirit has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released. We've already been starting to talk and sing about that this morning. That there is a release. There is an opening of our eyes. There is an ability to see something different. And first of all, he'll do it with his people. So we're in a position to then go and do it to other people. Because he wants to move through our lives and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of God's favor has come. And with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies to all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they'll be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. For for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. You know, the word that is coming through again and again here, power, particularly in the New Testament stuff, is Junanis. That's where we get dynamite from. It's where we get dynamic from. There is a dynamic, dynamite power through the Spirit of God living in inside every single one of us. Forget a butterfly wing. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on us and in us and will move through us to bring transformation. I'm not here to talk about lots of different methods of growing and forming communities. I will say a few practical things at the end but the early church didn't have any manuals. Yeah. They had the dynamite power of the living God alive inside of them that was so explosive, not implosive, explosive, it moved outwards and brought transformation, brought change. These people didn't know much. A lot of the people that were going out and seeing signs, wonders and miracles daily as they, as they gathered together, devoted themselves to apostolic teaching, to prayer, to fellowship, deep sharing of life, something dynamic happened and it transformed. And whole cities that were focusing to pagan worship or sexual stuff were transformed. And it wasn't, and I I love revival type prayer, but it wasn't like a revival like that where God just did it all. He was using people. Again and again and again, the community of God, the family of God, empowered by his, his Spirit, were the ones doing this. God threw them to transform. It wasn't some sort of weird thing in the atmosphere that caused miners to come out of the, the, the mines with, with tears streaming down their face. That happened in the revivals. I'd love that type of stuff to happen again. Yeah. But what I'd love even more, in a way, is this type of revival that I read in the New Testament. Of, of communities of God, the community, because he loves partnership. Yeah. He doesn't want to just do it by himself, he wants to do it in us and through us. I don't know what, you, what you're like. You know, if you prophesy something, you bring something, um, and then somebody else goes, Yeah, I had that as well. Something very powerful happens inside. You think, Me, God, and you, we did something together. You said something to me, you said something to them, we both said something together, and it somehow magically worked together. Not in some sort of magic voodoo way, but actually in a powerful, dynamic Spirit of God way that brings unity, that brings a way forward. Romans 1. Romans 1, verse 20 says this. See? Hey? Ah, for ever since the world was created, God um, ever was created, people have seen the earth and the sky through everything God made. They can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, so they have no excuse. His dynamite power has been made evident to all of creation, and we get the chance of continually revealing that as well to the world And be able to point to it and say, this is is God. (laughs) This is God. Hebrews 1 verse 3. The sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. I'm going to say just the word, but... The Word of God keeps everything in the universe in its place and ticking away, just His Word. Because if not right now, He could just say, stop, and it would finish. That powerful Word of God, and that lives inside of us. That Word lives inside of us. It's a living and active Word that penetrates deep into our lives. And then Romans six, this is amazing. Romans six, I can't remember what verse he says, what it is. But the same spirit that took a dead, lifeless, beaten and battered body of Jesus. That same spirit that raised that body three days after being murdered on a cross. That same spirit that did that work, that defeated death, lives inside of us. When we stop and we say these things, for some of us, we've known Jesus for a long time. We've read scripture a lot. And some of these scriptures can be like, yeah, yeah, I know that, I know that, I know that. But when we stop, when we reconsider, and when we allow the magnitude, hey, Bonnie. The magnitude of that truth to really stir inside of us. I don't know about you, but that does something inside of me to think that same spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The part of the distinct nature of God lives inside of me. Yes. If it rose Jesus from the dead, yeah. what can he do inside my life? Yeah. In all the broken bits and bobs, in the, the stupidity, in the areas that I lack in. What can God do if I allowed him to? If I was hungry enough, like we've been doing this morning, to push in and to push in and to push in and to push in because if this stuff is not just here to entertain us from the past, but if it's real and it's there to inspire us and show us what can happen in our lives, I want it. I want to add some more chapters into this thing. Not in a really weird, anti-biblical type way, but you know what I'm saying? I want to be a living version of the stuff that I read in the Gospels and in the letters. And this can only be the dynamite power of God that is so much more powerful than a little butterfly wing that could trigger off a tornado on this side of the world. What can we do in childhood and beyond with the spirit of God, the dynamic power of God living inside of us? So If you want a title for today, just put it's dynamite, baby it's dynamite baby because it is I want to mention a few little things that can hinder us in living dynamic spirit-filled lives okay the first one sin and carnality it's the number one killer for us living powerful lives in God other desires and appetites take over and we yearn along after those things more than we do pouring ourselves out like ollie was saying is less of more of you god less of me i'm pouring it out because i want more of you spirit of god in my life correcting the stuff that isn't right that isn't under your authority that doesn't declare glory to god in the way that i say say think do stuff but as a community of people we will allow the fire andrew was prophesying about earlier to burn in our hearts, to burn dross away so that there's pure gold, so there's just sheer dynamite inside of our life. That we don't compromise in any area. So if there's any area of compromise this week, just say, God, deal with it. Help me to deal with this. Often we can't do it by ourselves. And that then takes the guts and the determination to open our mouth and to share it with somebody else, to walk in the light. And allow God to shine in. The sin of self is one of the things in this as well. Where we elevate ourself, Where me and my desires, my ambitions for my life take priority in the way that I say, think, do. But this stuff, it dulls us and it hinders us from hearing or seeing. And we've been talking a lot about this morning already. God's been speaking to us in a time of worship about seeing. And seeing Right. But when we live in, in a certain pattern of, of being led by our, ambition, by our uh, appetites and our desires, it leads to strongholds. And when, we, when we've got these strongholds in life, we cannot operate as conduits to the spirit of God. The powerful dynamic life of God somehow becomes hindered by these strongholds in our life. And my prayer is that any stronghold in any one of our lives will be demolished so that we're free people To see and form communities in Loughborough and beyond. The second one is lack of intimacy. Where we don't actually know much of God. We might know stories about God. We might have been Christians for many years and have no level of intimacy whatsoever. It's a day by day walk with him. Submission to him of laying our lives down to Jesus. The king of kings and the lord of lords. And allowing him to be lord in our lives. And no matter how many times I became a Christian when I was uh, five years old. I'm just about to be 50 for 45 years. I've known Jesus. And I cannot rest on anything. Today is a fresh day. I can't lean on into yesterday. I can't lean into the day before weeks months before that. Today. I want to look at Jesus. Tell him you've got my whole heart my whole mind. And I submit to you again, because I love you. You've captivated my life. I'm not my own. Your blood was shed for me to be yours and nobody else's. That's the strength of mine and Trena's marriage. I know that she loves Jesus more than she loves me, and I love Jesus more than I love her. And that's one of the things that have given us a strong marriage in our life. But whether we're single, married, whatever. Having Jesus first and foremost above everything else. Making sure that we are intimate with God. That enables us to hear and to see in a way that we can share life with other people. The next one is is either fear or lack of confidence. That was something I struggled with for so many years. A lack of confidence. And I, I tried hard. I tried to stir myself up. And then I came to realization is my confidence is not in me. My confidence is in Jesus and all that he can do in my life. This ragtag bunch of people got baptized with the spirit and all of a sudden in a a persecution environment. Big church grew. They didn't shrink back. They weren't huddled away in a corner. They were at first until the spirit came and then they were out on the streets. The first thing they did boom. Straight out into the streets, they open their mouths, they start living visible lives. There was no lack of confidence or fear there. Let's not be those people that shrink back because we become so self-conscious and being increasingly, because of our intimacy with God, being God conscious, knowing that He can do it, knowing that, yeah, it's way bigger than me, but with God and in God and through His dynamic dynamo, baby power inside of us it can be done another thing is distractions or busyness uh, in life or p- poor priorities that we can get so distracted by other stuff and and that that latest series that i'm watching on netflix just just takes up that little bit more time that actually I'm a little bit too busy to see my neighbor struggling with whatever it is next door. So I just really want to see this. I'm hooked right now. So I've got to see this. Or whatever the the different busynesses are. It's useful to have that thing pop up on your screen if you're on Instagram or whatever that tells you how many hours a week. And sometimes I look at it and think, no. Whereas if, if somebody had said, right, just dedicate five hours this week to exercise, I'd be like, I don't have that time. And then my screen time pops up and I'm like, I spent eight hours on my phone. And some of it, a lot of it's work. But nonetheless, somehow, you're like, where, where does this happen? We, 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 it's a modern world we live in. and But there's, there's some ruthless stuff that we've got to put in place and hold each other accountable to so that our priorities are set right, that a kingdom of God is the first priority in our life. The last hindrance to forming communities is it's flipping inconvenient to do because you put other people first i'm no longer first in my life when i live in order to advance the kingdom of god people around me whether it's in my workplace whether it's on my street wherever or the club i might be part of they have to become a priority and so it's inconvenient to live a sent life It means being constantly inconvenienced that is a hassle and we've got to count that cost do you all want to be inconvenienced by the mess of somebody else's life but actually that becomes a a doorway or a gateway to speaking life into a situation it is inconvenient it might mean sometimes Crossing over the road. When you see somebody in trouble or need or help or whatever, it might mean actually moving house. Some people move to different countries and then come back again. Silly people. (laughs) But it, it can be hugely inconvenient. But I'm encouraging us can we get uncomfortable? Can we listen to what the Spirit is saying? When we are intimate with God and he tells us something about a neighbor or just shows us a simple action of something that we can do. A few practical things. In Matthew 18, um, he's talking about dealing with sin, but it's it's just it says this incredible thing. And Paul mentioned this, uh, I think, was it last week where where two or three are gathered? That's three is the minimum community number. But where two or three are gathered and they agree and they're gathering not to go to the cinema there's nothing wrong with that but they gathered in Jesus's name when he has taken primary concern and the biggest priority in that moment in that gathering the reason and the purpose and the thing that joins together something so dynamic and powerful happens that when those people agree here on earth there's a harmony with an agreement in heaven And when things are bound on earth, they can be bound in heaven because of those three people. Two or three gathered together in Jesus' name. And when they're released on earth, they can be released in heaven. That is phenomenal. Imagine a dynamic, power-filled people, greater than any butterfly wing effect, that then touches earth and the heavenlies because of this, this meeting together. That is phenomenal. So maybe we need to risk getting together in twos or threes with Jesus Central and seeing what happens when we pray, when we prophesy, when we specifically, because I'm talking about forming communities, ask God about that community we're in. Um, whether it's our neighborhood or a workplace or sports club or whatever it is, that we're asking God specific questions to speak into that. What an amazing opportunity here in the, with the uh, cupboard on the corner Hundreds of people coming in. Imagine if if everybody that's working there or the church are interceding and praying, Lord, help this dynamic power, help this dynamite to come out. So when they take that tin of beans, there's also something additional I can give them as well. Life, a word of life. Trent and myself spoke really, really well the week about, (laughs) did I say that humility is one of my strongest points? (laughs) That about hospitality, and I stand by what I said, it's one of our greatest evangelistic and uh, ministry tools. It doesn't need to be in our house, it could be the coffee shop, it could be the park bench, whatever it is, but let's have that heart of hospitality. And then the last bit, we can be community within community. We don't need to form communities sometimes, as in start something from scratch. If you're part of a sports club with two or three other people maybe from the church or other Christians from across the town, you can, you can form a community with, an exist, with inside an existing community. It takes the pressure off all the admin side of, of forming something at times. But going there with intent to stir something up, to be the dynamite of God in that place. Two statements I would love us to say. Oh, can we have the Hello, Andrew Hulley. Just saw myself. Right. Oh, gone past it. Very meaningfully and deliberately, I'd like you to stand up, please. And I want us to say this. I'll say it first and then we can all say it together. But I am more powerful than a butterfly. And then the dynamic power of God lives in me and wants to move through me. I don't mean to just repeat it because I'm saying it and I've asked you to stand up. Very nice of you to do this. so. Well done. Thank you. But maybe as a reminder this week, sometimes little things can provoke us into action. So after three, can we just say the first one? One, two, three. I am more powerful than a butterfly. Um, I hope you believe that. It's true. And then the second one, after three. One, two, three. The dynamic power of God lives in me and wants to move through me. If it's a little mantra this week, you might want to take a picture of it, or I'm sure we could send it out on something. Uh, maybe you want to look through that again and again and just remind yourself of these truths that you are more powerful than a butterfly um, and that the dynamic power of God lives in you and wants to move through you that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that battered bruised crucified lifeless body was raised from the dead by the same spirit that lives inside of you what? (laughs) That's incredible. I just wanna pray a really simple prayer and then can we worship and... It doesn't need to be long, but I'd love to lay hands on people. If you've never been baptized in the spirit of God, I would love to pray for you to get baptized in the spirit of God. If you've never moved in any spiritual gifts, I would love to pray that God releases the use of gifts in your life. The world needs you to be gifted not for your sake, but for their sake. It sets people free. This is my simple prayer. God, break in so that we can break out. God, I ask that you would break in. Help us to be those that break out. Whatever the out is, help us to break out of this stuff that doesn't allow your powerful, dynamic dynamite spirit power to move through us. God, break in so that we can break out. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So let's worship. I'll stay at the front here. If you want me to pray with you, then I can do. Um, I would love to.